everybody. Welcome to Meet the Thriller Author. This is your host, Alan Peterson. And today we're going to be meeting R.S. Guthrie, who uh, writes uh, thrillers. And we're uh, happy to have him here with us today. Are you there, uh, R.S.? I am here, and you can call me Rob, oh. as can the readers. All right, cool. That's, that's going to be easier then, too, because I might get tripped up then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, that's what I always tell people. I say, RS writes the books. You can call me Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get going uh, with the interviews, I just uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I was born in Iowa, and I lived there till I was 12, and then we moved to Wyoming, uh, up near Jackson Hole, so it's just gorgeous, beautiful Rocky Mountain country. In fact, our uh, our town was at 7,200 feet, so I really consider Wyoming my home. Love Iowa, uh, but, you know, having gone to high school in Wyoming, and, and of course, con back from college to there too, kind of consider it my home. So that's, that's really why my main series is about the, the town I grew up in in Wyoming. I mean, it's basically based on that. I changed the name. But I always knew I was going to be a writer. I mean, I got some awards even and some recognition in uh, grade school and junior high just for some things that I wrote and my teacher happened to mail into some place. And, and you know, I just, my two of my aunts are published and I just, I kind of always knew it. But as most young people between, you know, 16 and and uh, 20 something, my son's 23 right now. So I, I, that's why I say 20 something. He's not out of it yet. But <laughs> it's like, you don't know. Even if you know what you want to do, you don't do it. You know, you have, you go out and have fun. So um, I started writing. I did start writing in college, kind of writing some short fiction. I won a contest out in California and then I placed nationally 11th in a contest, Writer's Digest, short story competition. So, I, you know, I guess I always knew myself and then that was validation. So, and then right from that point on, I never wrote again. I, I worked 20 years for a corporation. So, you know, dabbled here and dabbled there. And to be honest with you, and it shows how uh, good things can come from bad. In 2008, we lost our two-month-old son to SIDS. And it was obviously one of the biggest tragedies a parent can face. And as I came through it and came out of it, it had, you know, hit me so hard emotionally inside. It was almost like it woke me up, um, woke up the muse. And I started writing again. And uh, so I published my first novel in 2011. And then I've just been writing ever since and currently have six, three in each of my two series each of them are both basically thriller or slash mystery series. And then I have one book on how to write a better book. Uh, so seven books total. Yeah, it was like it was almost like that really heavy emotional thing had to impact me mm-hmm. to wake me up again a little bit. But um, right now I'm writing full time. That can be good and bad. You know, you have your good months. Everything's fine. You have your bad months. Yeah. Feel like you're back in college eating, you know, Top Ramen or macaroni and cheese. So, uh, yeah, but getting there. I'm working pretty hard on the marketing strategy and I have a new um, email list that I haven't used yet because I haven't released anything. But got some things planned for this year. Actually, quite a few things. And so that's kind of it with me. Dog lover, married to a great lady, uh, supports my writing 
writing tremendously. And I have a really, really great friend on the East Coast who's, she hasn't put her first book out yet, but she's a writer and I'm going to give her, give her a shout out, Trish Gentry. She just helps me more than you can know. She, she handles, she's basically my sort of official assistant where my wife is my, you know, <laughs> honey assistant, just like I'm hers, you know, but uh, Trish really helps out. She uh, handles a lot of my stuff and without her, I, I couldn't possibly uh, write as much as I do, which unfortunately isn't enough, of course, but you know, marketing i tell people writing the books is the easy part marketing is what takes all the time <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's the it's the more mysterious one too sometimes it seems like the it, marketing it, part. well it is yeah absolutely i i actually studied finance and some business so i've had a couple of marketing courses in college but of course that was 20 years ago so and i never did it with the intent of being a marketer or doing anything so um some of the more what's what's i guess good and bad is some of the more successful authors out there indie authors are not the best writers. In fact, some of them are just, in my opinion, downright bad. But they are hugely successful because their careers before writing were in marketing mm -hmm. and branding. So it's like that's how they, you know, it's almost like, and it kind of bothers me, you know, because I want the best product out there as a reader. I want people to you know, measure my product against others, just like any business, any, any widget that you would make against the competition's quality. But it tends to be sometimes and often uh, people with better marketing skills do better because mm -hmm. they just already have that, you know, innate ability. And like you said, that can be really mysterious to someone like me or, or other people that did, haven't done that all their lives. So it's been a learning curve for sure um, mm -hmm. on the marketing side. But I'm getting there, like I say. Yeah, so you said you've had you've published uh, like what was it five books since 2011? Or? It's actually a total of six. I've got two trilogies right now. Like I said, the first one and my most popular and my favorite, personal favorite, is a series about a, uh, a contemporary sheriff in a small town in Wyoming, and uh, like I say, based on my where I grew up. And the mm -hmm. funny thing is, is that. I pull something from for every book from something that really happened up up there. It, that, I don't know what it was about that place, kind of like a Northern Exposure, I guess, or something. <laughs> you know, weird little town. But it, it's it. We had like a murder every year, for example, and at one point we were like the highest per capita murder uh, uh, town or city in the country, just because we only had a thousand people and one murder a year type. Of thing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and there were just always kind of strange things happening, and I would think in the back of my head, I got to tell that story someday. So, so that series is Bloodland, Moneyland, and Honorland, and I'm currently writing uh, Aryanland, the fourth book, and uh, it, it's just I it's so I call it the Land series, mm -hmm. um, you know. And then there, if you read it, there's a central theme that that's very true, that the land really makes Wyoming. I mean, it's one of the last frontiers, really, still. Um, the, the, the ranchers and cowboys, they, they, uh, I, I like to say that they, you know, still talk the same. They still act the same. They still walk the same. Uh, they just do it in a more modern atmosphere with, with better equipment. And, <laughs> you know, they still ride horses and I've, 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 you know, uh, uh herded, uh, cows before and horses. So, and, and big trucks, right? Big, big Ford trucks, <laughs> big, big trucks. Yeah. What's cool about Wyoming is if you go up there, every dirt road, anywhere you drive, 
that's even remotely uh, lower population. Um, like so, like I said, dirt road outside of town. Every time you pass a car, you'll get a wave. Every time, <laughs> you know. And I and I mean, I'm just automatic with it, of course, because I've been there. But people I'm with, they're like, "Why does that guy know you?" And I'm like, "No." Like how could be waved? And I said they're just—it's just Wyoming, man. They're cool out here. Yeah, it is great people. When I moved from Minnesota to California, we got stuck in a snowstorm in uh, by Lyman, Wyoming. Oh yeah. And the free—the yep. highway was closed. We, I was just—we were just yep. parked there, and this trucker got gets out, comes up to my car, and says, "You're right by that turnaround." I turn around because we're going to be here all night. There's a motel right down there. He's, and I turned around, and sure enough, it was, the highway was shut for eight hours. So he saved me from yeah. from being able to get a room. Being trapped. <laughs> well, or being trapped, yeah, because they have actual, as you know from telling that story, they have actual gates that they close mm-hmm. um, on the interstate. So if you happen to be between those gates and out there in the blizzard, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, much better to be on the other side in a warm motel room. Yes, so. exactly. It wasn't the nicest of motel rooms, but it was better than the highway. <laughs> they, war- as long as it was warm and yeah. had water man that's that's the thing it can be i i used to say we had two seasons up up in uh where i grew up you know we have winter nine months of winter and three months of spring that's kind of <laughs> what most people think of as spring you know 70s and 80s and really nice and beautiful but um you know the funny thing is my mom was uh, and dad were were big cross-country skiers and it, what people don't realize is the high altitude sun is so much warmer and especially when it's reflecting off snow. And my mom used to, uh, cross country ski in her shorts. So she still had a tan in the middle of winter time. So yeah, it's, you get a lot of snow, but you also get a lot of nice days. So real sunny, real sunny type stuff. So anyway, um, that's that series. And then the second series, which actually is the first book I published was cause I already had it partially written is about a Denver detective. It's kind of got a paranormal aspect to it. Um, not vampires and werewolves and that kind of stuff, zombies, but, uh, rather good versus evil. Um, he sort of finds out in the first book that he has a family heritage. You didn't know about it's Scottish and that uh, for you know thousands of years they've been chartered with basically keeping the world safe and it's you know why he was it wasn't just chance that he became a police officer it was sort of in his blood so and he has obviously a hard time he's a regular guy like us he's like come on this can't this stuff's not real so he has a real struggle on his hands in the first book especially coming to grips with it that sort of typical you know police business and and whatnot so it's kind of a mixture of uh thriller slash you know a little bit of uh, paranormal and people have asked me they say well is sheriff pruitt ever going to meet uh, detective bobby mack and i said well i can't do that because and they're like well why and i said because um detective bobby mack's world has you know this paranormal element i can't bring you know sheriff pruitt and people don't realize that you actually create these worlds in fact i got the first book bloodland um on the wyoming series is uh has been optioned for a screenplay and is currently being shopped around hollywood and I've got my fingers crossed, of course. And they actually, when they when you sign over rights and they talk about rights in terms of characters you've written or a book you've written, for example, um, they actually talk about your rights to the world you created. Basically, I ha- I will always have the rights to that world. They just have the rights to use this one story from this one book. Um, you know, they can't go off on their own and start making Sheriff Pruitt, you know, series or, or, or whatever, not without, you know, mm-hmm. buying the rights from me. And so it's kind of funny. You, you don't think about it, but 
boy, when you, especially when you're three books deep into a series, you've really created this world. I mean, I miss the characters just like the readers do. They're like, you know, I miss Sheriff Pruitt. When's the next book coming out? And I tell them, I say, I miss not writing him. Yeah. You know, when I'm busy, I'm just like, can't wait to get back to it. So it's a, it's a, it's a neat thing. I always knew I would write series because mm-hmm. um, I just like characters so much. I'm a character-driven writer, so um, I, I like to read characters that come back. You know, not just one story but I, I like once i get to like them i don't want that to be it i want to find more. out what's going yeah what's going on in their life uh, uh now so and do you write both series at the same time or you usually focus on one you know it's a great question i i, I generally i haven't written in the bobby mack series for a while um mainly because of the success and the popularity of the the land series um, from Wyoming. People just, I mean, the Bloodland has won several awards. I've got 50 great writers you should be uh, reading mm-hmm. from it, from submitting it. One of the top indies of the year because of it. So I've had so much success with the with that book. And I think it's because that book is in my heart. That's, like I say, coming from that town, knowing some of the stories or where they come from and where the characters and how they speak. Because um, that's what I always get. I always get from people. I just got to get to Wyoming because mm-hmm. those people sound so awesome and the landscape you describe is so gorgeous. And, and it all is. I mean, it's just all really true stuff, you know, as far as that goes. And so I tend to focus on that one. I have a, um, I've, in fact, a short story that um, I wrote for an anthology that I was asked to write for. And I used the short story to basically introduce this new character. Um, Shale Veritas, who is an ex-Special Forces guy who is just sick and tired of the, the justice system and its injustice, you know, letting people off and making the victims out to be the bad people and such. So, you know, he becomes kind of a vigilante, and I'm working on those, and those are planned to be novellas, so shorter, and probably come out in packs of, of two or three at a time. And I've got some real good feedback on those, too. So, you know, like I say, I I like the Bobby. Everybody loves Bobby Mack. I mean, Mm. when I first wrote that book, I got the same feedback. People, in fact, I had I had women that were writing saying, I'm in love with Bobby Mack, (laughs) you know, and they were dead serious. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For him. Yeah, for him. (laughs) Yeah. But I wrote that one in the first person, so I sort of thought, hmm, is that they really have, are they thinking about me when they think that? But uh, so I like I like the character, I like the series. It's just really um, your question sort of sort of answered it. It's just when you have two or three, um, you've got to choose how to divide your time, and that's really the only reason I do it the way I do it is because you know what the success. Mm-hmm. Because I have a new idea, but that's why I said um, earlier I've got a lot planned for this this year. I'm definitely going to be releasing um, one or two uh, pa- uh, Veritas packs, and uh, also going to be finishing up this the book Aryan Land number four um, in the Land series, and then I have a fifth one that I definitely want to get out. I, I still. Since it's still midsummer, I still have a chance to make it. I do have a Detective Bobby Mack uh, novel I have. I want to write, but it has to do with um, a professional football, uh, American football, NFL. 
And uh, if I write it, I want to re- time the release with the season. Well, the season's going to start here in you know a couple of months, the regular season. Mm-hmm. So I still have a shot at that one, but I haven't I haven't begun it yet. So I'm sort of it would be a rush, I think, to get it out. So that one may have to wait till next year and then release with the uh, maybe I'll release it with the preseason that starts in the in the summertime. So um it's it's yeah it's good to have options right yeah exactly yeah and and yeah. and it's smart to uh you know to go with the momentum of your uh of, the, of your land series right. so yeah precisely yeah i mean if that series had sort of petered out or didn't do well i probably would have gone back and written some more bobby mack but um i just i get emails all the time from people that read the sheriff pruitt books and that's what it's called if you're out there looking for it it's the uh james pruitt mystery thrillers they just write me and they want to know you know when is the i mean if they like him they like this other character they like you know it's it's just like i say it's a world you know and they want to know when is that world going to be back back on tv again you know what's going on uh and and like i told you as a writer i'm the same way and i can't wait to to do the next adventure or you know because i'm immersed in it obviously when i'm writing it so so wind river wyoming that's based on the time you lived in but it's um that that time doesn't exist the wind river the the name doesn't Ah. uh, the the mountains that uh loom over the town i mean literally rise up um, 13 almost 14,000 feet above the town are the Wind River Range of the Rocky Mountains. So Wind River is a big name in Wyoming. There's the Wind River Indian Reservation. There is actually a high school that we play called Wind River, but it's not based in a town called Wind River. It's based in a town that's, I don't recall which of the of the towns over in that area. It's near the Indian Reservation. And the Indian Reservation has its own high school called the Wyoming Indian High School. But Wind River is, there's also obviously a Wind River body of water or running river and uh, so it's a big name in wyoming but it just so happens that there's no town or county named wind river so that's why i did it i figured i wouldn't use the actual name of my hometown not for any reason other than just i don't know i felt like if i was writing it with the actual name of the hometown it just would be too too familiar to Mm -hmm. me so i wanted to make it a little bit fictional even for me but what's funny is, is I pick last names from people I know up there, and they love it. They <laughs> love that they ended up, or they want to know why. Why did you make me so villainous, <laughs> terrible, terrible person? And I said, "It's not you." I said, "I just like your last name." So I, you know, I never name them completely, first name, last name. And what's funny about that is, is Wyoming up there where I'm from, the smaller parts especially, tend to have eight, maybe nine, ten sort of family names that are very prominent there. I mean, you know, a lot of people are related to each other, you know, I mean, it's just the way it is. So you have a lot of names that are very well known in those parts, I guess you'd say. And so, you know, I use those names as well. And and, and those are just more generic because there's so many of them. Name like Jensen is one. So I might use Jensen as a name, last name in my book. So it's not a particular person because there's so many of other names less popular people know right away when it's them (laughs) they'll they'll give me the hey (laughs) you know yeah you doing so but they love it so it's fun so were you a fan of thrillers uh reading thrillers uh i really i really wasn't early in life Mm -hmm. i actually grew up on stephen king which is 
also probably why the first book I wrote had a little paranormal in it. I, I, I read some fantasy when I was younger. I read a lot of horror, mostly Stephen King. It was... Oh, I, I I lived in California as well for from uh, 1990 to or uh, sorry 1988 to 1996, and a really good friend I made out there was my best friend then. He was so well read, you know. He made me feel like, especially as a writer, I was just dropping the ball. I hadn't read enough, even not just classics, but just anything. Yeah, you know, I was just kind of. And he hated Stephen King. You know, he was like, he he didn't like genre, you know, fiction writing in general. He mm. liked literature right there's always those camps that say well yeah. you know thrillers are just meat to throw to the wolves and real <laughs> literary classics and my friend was very literary so i said could you make me a list of books you really think that i should read and actually a few of the authors um were uh mystery thriller series writers like james lee burke and his dave robichaux uh mm-hmm. series and also dennis lahane and his Gennaro series and a couple of, uh, you know, ones that sort of, I felt cross lines and James Lee Burke kind of became my hero. I mean, I read like all of the Dave Robichaux novels. Yeah, he's great. Well, and I met, I had a chance to meet him a couple of years ago and I've always had a description of him in my head and I've used it in a couple of blogs. And I told him, I said, you know what, sir, you are a poet who's been dropped into the body of a mystery thriller writer because he really is to mm-hmm. me that just that just nails him because he is he really is a literary writer one of the only uh, mystery writers to win the edgar twice and also be named uh, a ma- grandmaster you know by the mystery writers of association so i mean the guy's brilliant and i just i love his i love the way he turns a phrase i love the way he writes his characters love dave robichaux and obviously some of the ancillary characters so it was more in my adult years that i started to really enjoy the the mystery thriller series you know sort of genre and i got hooked i guess so (laughs) when i started writing it was you know and i'm not saying i've got a horror book that's kind of i wrote it as a serial novel for a blog site that asked me to so it's not really finished as far as a i would call a book because it was a lot shorter since it was you know a chapter at a time on a blog site and then it sort of ended and it didn't really finish out the way i wanted it to so but it's sort of a horror uh, core um in that book and um i'll finish that one one day and put it out but um i've been told by some marketing experts that you have to be careful with your brand because you don't want to confuse people you know they want people do finally learn your name which is your brand obviously yeah. the author's name rs guthrie um i'll say it again rs guthrie yeah <laughs> Get it, get it in there a bunch. You know, people start to expect a certain thing from you. you, oh, know, you, like, you, you, yeah. write, you write with the same name for uh, the genres? I haven't decided. Well, that's something, since I haven't gone into another genre mm-hmm. yet, that is still a possibility. Great question, because I might release that book, and I actually had a name picked to release it as, and then I sort of thought, well, the challenge for any new author, no matter how good their book is, how well written, is their name is their brand and nobody knows their name. So am I going to give this, this, you know, pen name, the same challenges I had with the first, mm-hmm. you know, books I wrote and why not leverage the fact that now some people do know RS Guthrie. So it's, I'm, I haven't decided fully yet what to do. I don't, I don't want to confuse, you know, readers that are out there. 
there are also, like I said, I have a, a pretty large email list of mystery thriller readers that like my stuff, and I could always just send them an email and say, look, um, this next book that's coming out, be forewarned. In fact, I tell them about the Bobby Mack books. I even forewarn the mystery purists mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, it's got a little bit of a different twist. And some people, most people, in fact, even most mystery purists, end up loving the Bobby Mack series. You know, they don't mind the good versus evil and that that part of it. <clears throat> of course, there are people that read it only for that, so those would be a whole different class altogether. But like I said, I could always make an announcement and just say, hey, I'm releasing this book called The Woods. It's it's not what I usually write, so if you like horror, if you like scary stuff, if you like that kind of thing, you might like this one. If not, skip it. That sounds yeah, it sounds like a good plan versus starting up because basically you'd be starting up from the beginning again with a new name. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that'd be kind of tough. You, yeah, I mean, if there were some, which I wish there was, but if there was some, uh, you know, sort of mechanism to judge the quality of a book, and if it was well written in a great book regardless of author name that it put it out there to millions of people then i probably would you know use a different name but because you spend so many years just trying to get your author name out there where people you know maybe not a household name yet mm-hmm. <laughs> but at least something where a, a, a large number of readers are aware of that name and not confuse them but since it takes so long to to do that you know why not just leverage the, what I already have you know, and just make sure that I'm clear that, you know, I let people know that's, that's me anyway. I mean, I'm yeah. just a straight shooter when I, you know, I answer every email I get from my fans and, you know, I'm just that way. Uh, that's why I love the Wyoming series because that's the way people in Wyoming are. They aren't, you know what, if you, if you carry your own weight, if you're honest, if you are just a good person and work hard and those type, you know, basic human ethics, uh, they'll love you up there, you know. They don't they don't look at people? Uh, I never knew a racist term until I left Wyoming and went elsewhere. I had never heard. I'd be like, I don't understand what that means. Why? Why would you even be talking about that person because of that? Because of this religion or that religion? I mean, it's because nobody cared. And you know, where I was from, it was like, hey, mm-hmm. carry your weight, do your job, be a good person, care for your neighbor. And that's what matters. And that's why I always loved Wyoming so much. And I think that's what people get out of that. It doesn't mean they're perfect. I have some very flawed. In fact, Sheriff Pruitt is a quite flawed character. And mm-hmm. I think people really relate to that. Um, that's another thing, like I said, being a character-driven author, I, uh, I don't just write empty sort of paper characters. These are, these are real people. They deal with the same things you and I deal with. And they have to make hard choices. And sometimes it's an ugly choice. And sort of like this Veritas series, you know, a lot of people would argue, you know, that uh, basically vigilantism is not the answer. And, mm-hmm. and pr- I'd probably be one of those people saying, yeah, it's where do you draw the line type of thing. This gives me a chance to sort of write a character that sort of feels that way. He understands, but he he takes it a little bit further. His line's a little further out. And so I think that's why people get interested in those characters because it's it's the ability to see yourself doing something that you know you probably wouldn't do but maybe secretly want to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I get people all the time with my uh, James Pruitt books. You know, I mean, I'll just let the cat out of the bag. He's a recovering alcoholic and... And in fact, my editor, um, when he uh, finally responded back to me on Bloodland, the first book, 
he said, do you mind if I ask you a personal question? I said, sure, of course. And he said, are you a recovering alcoholic? And I said, no. And he said, because I am. And I, I, I cried the other night. You know, oh, wow. it so hit the nail so well on the head, you know, in terms of this. And I said, well, it's because I've been addicted to other things. We all have our addictions. I mean, if we're honest, you know, there's just certain things. It may be television. It may be food. It may be drugs. It may be you know, um, anything, a lot of things, yeah, just about anything you can name, right? Mm-hmm. You, know, you can be addicted to it. Um, I'm addicted to Mountain Dew. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so so I, uh, I told him, I said, look, I know what it feels like. And I don't believe that addictions are that much different. Once they get, sink their, you know, hooks into you, um, we all have the same challenges and in, in, in losing them and getting rid of them. And he's like, well, I got to tell you. And I've had other people tell me since that, man, you just, you just, you must have been. I've had people think that I was in special forces because of a character I wrote about in Honorland, and I and that part is just. I just do my due diligence, do the research. When I watch a movie or a television program, I don't just watch it. I try to absorb it. I try to learn um, the vernacular. I try and learn what the you know. I don't want to say that somebody went to war with a particular weapon um, in Vietnam that wasn't even used. Mm-hmm or something because people it's for one thing it's it, it, it's not true to the people that were in vietnam and i wasn't so i wasn't old enough i mean uh i want to be true to them i i want when they read my book if i have a scene from vietnam in it mm-hmm. i've done my research and i want it to when they read it i want them to say yeah that's how it was or that's what we used i have one of those or that's why you know my characters i think are relatable because they have those those human you know, affectations that, uh, that a lot of other characters I read in books don't seem to have. They're just sort of vanilla, you know. So what's your what's a writing day for you like then? Uh, you do research and then you start writing. So it's like a typical writing day for you, if there is such a thing as a typical writing day. <laughs> there, there really isn't, and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why, because of the dreaded email. Now that I have, the more people learn your name, the more they have access to you. So they get your email address or they leave comments on your Facebook page. And like I said, I just, I'm one of those guys has a hard time letting go of responding to them. So for me to have a writing day, let's put it that way, I need to not open up my email. You know, mm-hmm. I just need to sit down at my computer and bring up my document and start writing and just pretend. But it's hard because then there's that nagging pressure at the back of your skull that says, you know, you should really be doing this or you should really be watching this thing or go check your sales on that book or you're running a promotion so you should do this. And, uh, so it's hard to say that there's a normal one. But if I were to normalize it, you know, and say, okay, let's say I skipped all my marketing and emails. For me, it's really just uh, opening up the book uh, that I'm working on. Um, I'll usually read it, um, send it to my Kindle, because I like, for me, I like to read my books on a Kindle. It gives me more of a reader experience mm-hmm. than looking at a Word document on a computer screen. It just doesn't work for me. I'm a visual, spatial type person. So I'll, I'll go pick up my Kindle. I'll read a chapter that lead into the part that I have to begin writing that day and just sort of immerse myself back in that world. And then be honest, um, when I get going and I'm immersed, I mean, I can do 10,000 words a day. I oh, mean, wow. it, without yeah, if I have a full day. Now, mm-hmm. that's a big if. So I generally... When I have a writing day, I try and get at least 2,000 pop, you know, really high goal is 5,000 because 
Um, there's just going to be, I know there are going to be too many interruptions. You know, my wife's going to be texting me and the phone's going to be ringing and the doorbell's going to be going off. So typically, like I say, I just try and ramp up by reading some of the previous chapters at one or two. And then um, I just, my fingers just start going. And I, I'm what they call a pantser. I write by the seat of my pants, mm-hmm. meaning I, I know the general timeline of the story. I know generally what the uh, plot and the overarching um, you know, story is, but um, I don't know what's around the next corner. And I think that's also what helps. I, I get marks for twists in my books. Um, even twists that I didn't think were that great a twist, it gets hard when you're the writer because you write it 10 different times and rewrite it. But mm-hmm. um, I think I, I think my twists come off because I'm the writer. And if I don't know what's going to happen next exactly, how can you? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you'd be you'd be out guessing the writer himself, you know, <laughs> and which happens. It's not hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not uh, unbeatable by any means, but uh, it's uh, I, I like to write that way. And it actually helps me write faster because, you know, if I had an outline, then I constantly would be looking at it, which would be interrupting the flow, which would be, you know, so flow is a big word for me. It's a it's it's really trying to get into the mindset and get into that world we talked about just go. And if I get stuck, often I will go forward and write a different chapter because I may have the night before been thinking about, hey, when when we get to this part, I got it figured out. I know exactly what I want to say. So I'll just go up there. I'll jump a couple chapters ahead and write that chapter. And you asked earlier if I was, you know, which series do I write at the same time? I will write a book, a Veritas, novella, and maybe even a, a Bobby Mack you know, series mm-hmm. book at the same time. And I'm not, I read the same way. I've always got four or five books going at once. So it helps with that. But I don't believe there's writer's block. I just believe people get either bored or stressed or caught up in something else. I mean, because if it weren't for those things, why can't you write? I mean, mm-hmm. write anything, you know, I'll, I, it's funny. I'll write sometimes something that I believe I'm going to end up deleting out of a story and it's the best part of the the book when it's finished. You know, you just never know what's gonna what's gonna come off the end of the tips of the fingers. So um, <clears throat> that's why I enjoy, you know, writing. Really, I mean, that's the that's the bottom line. Is it's a fresh day, new day every every time you sit down. You know, it's not like the old corporate job. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where can readers find you? Uh, your website? Are you active on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff? I, I am. I am. Um, my Facebook link is R.S. Guthrie Books, all one word. And that's not because there's another R.S. Guthrie out there. Um, it's because I used it as a, a when I first started on Facebook, messed around and I made a page and I used R.S. Guthrie. And, and Facebook, I guess, puts that in a database and never forgets about it. So when I really <laughs> got good at it and said, okay, here's going to be my author page, I had to make it a different name. So if you remember R.S. Guthrie, um, I pretty much have the uh, franchise on that. It's rsguthrie.com. It's at R.S. Guthrie on Twitter. It's R.S. Guthrie Books on Facebook. Rob.s.guthrie, you'll find me as, as, a, as a person because I, I friend a lot of my um, fellow writers and readers mm-hmm. as well. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of out there. I don't, I don't Instagram. There's a few things I guess I'm sort of uh, getting um, showing my age by not doing, but it isn't that. It's just that uh, 
um, I just don't have the time mm-hmm. to learn new technology. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I just feel happy to be yeah on Twitter and on Facebook. So. Yeah, stick with the yeah I do the same thing. Yeah, I stick with the big three, whatever it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, whatever the big ones are, and then people can like people share my covers on Pinterest. Yeah, I don't really do. Yeah, your covers are amazing. Oh, well, I, I tell you what, I made a few of my own, and I, I think they're good, and a lot of people like them, but I found this, uh, I'm going to give another plug here, for Alexander Von Ness, site is Ness Graphica, N-E-S-S-G-R-A-P-A-I-C-A.com. This guy's fantastic, and he and he is just... I tell him my vision, and he comes back with a full write-up of how of what parts of the cover, you know, mean this and that and the other thing. You know, I'm just sort of a guy who says, "Hey, it's I like the color, I like the cool-looking tree, and I like this." You know, but he's like, "Okay, but this represents this thing happening in your book, and this represents that." And he's fantastic. So yeah, my covers have been getting makeovers, and and uh, I had a pretty good cover designer anyway for the Land series. He did all of the uh, initial covers in the Land series, but the new covers are really hot. I'm really on to them, and um, like I say, it's Alexander Von Ness. If you just if Google him, yeah. if anybody out there that's a you know writer looking to make a cover or any type of graphic design, by the way, he does. Uh, you know, banners, web pages, all kinds of stuff. Um, the guy's fantastic, and his wife is almost as good as he is, and she works with him too. So it's a it's a great match. And like I say, they're real fair with their prices. Usually, if I were to get a cover like that, it would be beyond my uh, my bud limited budget because I write too many books. Mm-hmm. I can't afford you know to pay buy six covers, let's say this year. So he's very fair with his pricing, and he's a he's just like I say, just fantastic. Cool. Thanks for the tip. And yeah, and and for the listeners, I'll have uh, links to all these websites too on the show notes if you're if you're listening to this on the website. But but all right, cool. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. I want to appreciate you coming on and talk to, talking to us about thrillers and your books. It's uh, been uh, very cool. Hey, I am really glad that you asked me, and this has been very uh, fun for me as well. And like I say, sorry we had a little trying to catch up, and you know, oh yeah, that happens. The same day, yeah, but but it's been a real pleasure, and um, I thank all your listeners. All right, thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. You can visit our site at get.thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast for more information on our podcasts. And you can also subscribe to this podcast uh, on your favorite podcatcher like iTunes, the most popular one, of course. Uh, Just search for Meet the Thriller Author and you'll find me there. And I'm also on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash meet thriller author. Love to hear from you. Love to hear your comments and your feedbacks on the shows. And I'll have a new podcast, a new interview with a thriller author. Uh, I'll be posting them every Tuesday. So stay tuned for that. And don't forget to subscribe. And please visit my author website at alanpeterson.com.